This week, instead of being funny for our cold open, I'm just going to tell you guys about our Patreon. At patreon.com slash afterbite, you can get all of the bonus content your heart desires. We do bonus episodes of Afterbite. Last month, I think it was, we put up a whole compilation of us talking about Once Upon a Time for entirely too long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We also have monthly live streams as well as some other secret stuff that's coming up soon. You can get first access to episodes of Afterbite. You get them a whole day early and you get, I'm whispering right now if you can't tell, but you get early access to our (coughs) merch that's coming out soon. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, frog in my throat. <laughs> Whoa. You know, I have water here for a reason. <laughs> this is the only reason we have water next to us while recording our podcast, so we can mention our <coughs> merch without a without <laughs> killing our throats. Yeah. You know, every time you bring it up, you just cough a little bit. And that's okay. What are we bringing up? I don't know. You'll figure it out eventually, gang. <laughs> But you will get early access to that as well as some other fun things if you if you if you sign up for our uh for for our Patreon at patreon.com slash afterbite. I'm not whispering. I don't know why I just started whispering there. It's a it's not a secret. It's well known fact actually. <laughs> I wanna shout it from the mountains. <laughs> and now I'm actually coughing for real. So this is an issue. <laughs> Full circle. It wasn't a joke until you started coughing for real, and now it's a joke. (laughs) Our jokes are messy as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's our our cold open. I could also, um, really, like, really quickly in the beginning here say that I think everyone's gonna enjoy this episode of Afterbite as much as we enjoyed this episode of the vampire diaries and that's saying something because prior to to um watching this episode i was listening to taylor swift and i was like <laughs> i was trying to i was doing my work and i was like yes i'm jamming out right now i'm screaming from the rooftops and then i was like oh now it's seven i have to watch the vampire diaries and i was like how unfortunate it just ruined my jam session but it was worth the ruining you know sometimes it's not worth like the the disruption in your day but this time Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. time it worked if you have a friend who you want to get into afterbite but they have never watched an episode of tvd and never listened to an episode of afterbite this is a good episode to start off with because we're just gonna be calling shit buck fucking wild this whole time this entire episode is so insane i'm so excited to talk about it oh my gosh this is driving me insane and you know what that means, gang. It's time for Afterbite. It's a Vampire Diaries fan cast. It's only 10 years too late. Sometimes you gotta switch off, switch up the way that you do the intro, uh-huh. and that's okay. That's fine. I'm B, joined here by my friend Jordan, and today we're watching... What's the TVD episode called? It's not on our notes sheet. A we are watching season four, <laughs> season 4, episode 12, A View to Kill. Oh, wait, I totally forgot that Brian usually... See, the problem is Brian didn't do the notes for the past two weeks. He usually has, like, the title and, like, the description. And I've forgotten to do both because I'm not Brian. This is not my job. It used to be my job, but it is not anymore. The Netflix description for this episode is, like... (laughs) 
so funny because it's one of those it's one of those good ones that understates the entire episode in the most unimaginable way possible. This this description is one sentence long, which is already not enough to cover everything that happens in this episode. Yeah. But this description is after confronting her father, Mayor Hopkins, over his unconventional approach to ending the violence in Mystic Falls, Bonnie has a run-in with Cole. <laughs> no, because when when I I was like getting ready to watch this episode and I, and I saw the, the the description, I was like, "Oh, I'm really interrupting Taylor Swift for this." And then, and then it started, and I was like, "Oh, hmm, actually, good. It's good. It's very good." Netflix description writer did the thing where they just go to a random <laughs> scene yeah. in the middle of the episode <laughs> yeah. and they're like, this is at about the 15 minute mark. Perfect. <laughs> they're like one point in the middle, one point near the end. There we go. We got it. Perfect. Game. This isn't even. No, no, no. This oh, isn't even near wait. the end. This no, is one not. scene. This is one Wait, scene that happens right. in the first, like, ten minutes of you're this right. episode. Because I forgot Bonnie... This is my fault. I forgot Bonnie has two confrontations with the Michelson siblings this this episode. So I'm thinking of the last one, but you're right. They do have, like, a confrontation in the middle of the school hallway. Like, in the middle of this episode. And I... That's not even the mind. middle. This is the first... Literally, there yeah. is... I'm not shitting you. There's one scene before this, and yeah. then we go to... <laughs> Is the description writer just gave up? They were like, "There's no way I can summarize this. There's no way this episode gets any better than this." But it does. Netflix description writer, it does get better than this for once. So, this episode starts with Stefan waking up in bed with Rebecca. In case you forgot that that bonkers shit happened last episode. <laughs> They're sleeping together now, and for some reason, everybody else is way, way too into it. I mean, I'm way overstepping their fucking bounds here. I, I, here's, here's my opinion after watching this. So they're cute, you know? They're um, cute! But I didn't realize, like, I think, I think they have a little bit of everything, you know? They have, they have a lot of flirty banter, you know? They do. They do. And then they also have like, oh, sweet moment. I th Wait, is this just Stefan being Stefan? And I'm just like, I really like Stefan when he's in a relationship. Is that what's going on here? No, I think Stefan's just having a good time and Rebecca's being a good character, mm. actually. Which is something we haven't seen before. <laughs> <laughs> I, no. I I really like her this episode in a different way. I haven't liked her before because usually when I like her, it's like, oh, she's being a little snarky person, but I love that. Um, this this is one of those more human moments for Rebecca. Yeah, it's so fucking good, actually. Rebecca Michelson this season. Oh, chef's kiss. Love you, queen. Also, is it fucking bonkers to you that we're only halfway through the season? There's yes. 23 episodes in the season. We're on episode 12. I'm so confused right now because I was like, like from last episode, I was thinking this plan was going to take a while to get there. You know, I was like, we're on episode 11. We're going to be there probably in like three, three episodes. No. Immediately. <laughs> no, they're here now. <laughs> 
It's like, it's, what's, what's this what's, season goes by so quickly, but you're like, this is episode 12. And you're like, what's happening later on then? Because this is obviously has to be like the B plot. So there's like a, there's like a C involved. Well, here's the, <laughs> well, okay. So it's also, I think, wild because they've already had their mid-season break. They already had their winter yeah. break. Yeah. So, and that was two episodes ago. So we're back, gang, with like banger episodes yeah. until the end. We don't get another fucking break. Really? Oh, this is I gonna be fun. Yeah. There's no. There's no other breaks now. It's just all the way out to the end of the season. No, I. The- I mean, are they all? Are Are they all gonna be bangers, or is this gonna be somewhere gonna fall flat? That's what I, thought I think. They're, I think they're all bangers. If my memory is serving me correctly, because Dang. this whole season is just full of bangers. They're gonna Nothing be on like bangers. a good streak, and then the next season's gonna happen, and. <laughs> And we're gonna start the original. <laughs> That's when we'll be really excited that we can start the spinoff. Nice. So, what I love though about this episode is it doesn't feel like it's happening. This doesn't feel like a mid-season episode. Mm-mm. But like, I know what's coming in the later half of the season, and I'm like, okay, so it makes sense for this to be a mid-season episode. But this episode fucking slaps dude it's jam-packed with all sorts of good stuff like there's cool character stuff there's cool plot stuff so let's fucking talk about it because it's bonkers so stefan wakes up in bed with rebecca for some reason klaus is like really really offended by it yeah Everybody, like I said, everybody is way too into their relationship this episode. Like, Klaus is really offended by it. Damon is also really offended by it when he has literally no room to judge, sir. Yeah. But whatever. Like, everybody's so, like, into it. It's like, y'all need to mind your fucking business. Leave them alone. They're vibing. Why don't you vibe, all right? (laughs) Like, it's just... It's just so weird to me that Klaus is so into it. Yeah. Like, my guy, just chill. Basically, what he wants to do is Cole apparently stole all of Klaus's daggers. And Rebecca has one left. So Klaus is like, hey, can I have your dagger? Can I borrow your dagger to stab our brother? Uh, And Rebecca's (laughs) like, no, actually, I don't care (laughs) enough so or she's like if you know if anybody's gonna stab our brother right now it's gonna be me and honestly (laughs) queen shit love that for you the then we go to the part of the episode that uh made me laugh the most for no reason because Bonnie is getting ready for a school decade dance. Another it's the one of 80s those. this time. And for some reason, while they're setting up, they're playing the punk cover of 99 Red Balloons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it wait. makes me laugh really fucking hard. 
Goldfinger did this cover mm-hmm. is the one that they're playing right now, which is an absolute, still like a fucking banger cover of an absolute <laughs> banger of a song. And they're just casually playing it in the background on Bonnie's side of this phone call. While and she's like blowing laugh- up a balloon. <laughs> yeah. What made me laugh about this is the sound mixing on this episode is so stupid. They really have it playing like full force on the Bonnie side of the scene as she's talking with Elena over the phone. But, but, but on Elena's side, there is nothing except Bonnie's dialogue. What? There is no trace of it in the background. There is silence and only silence instead of this fucking banger cover of 99 Red Balloons. And I'm honestly a little upset about it. Why like, would they please? do that? Please, please do a better sound mixing, please. It literally, it just like, it took me out of it for a second to laugh so goddamn hard. Because it was just like. It's like, is this song playing or is it not? Choose one. It really makes you go like, is that a song? Is that 99 Red Balloons in the background? But you can never fucking tell because it's only on Bonnie's side for a few moments. But then she makes a, uh. She makes a joke about um She makes a joke about like do you think Caroline would care if there's only 89 red balloons? To that yeah, I say, yeah. where's Caroline this episode? I know, I miss her when they mentioned cuz I I I honestly don't think I would have thought about Caroline as much as I did this episode if they didn't mention that she wasn't here and have to give an explanation for why she wasn't here. And I was just like, you guys please bring caroline back she's like like as good as this episode was i need caroline here like i think elena's taking on a lot of caroline-ish roles Mm -hmm. and like yeah i just want caroline back please it's i guess she's gonna be back then for the rest of the season hopefully or did they only get her on for like 18 episodes or 20 episodes because it's weird because she was in all of them up until this point yeah and then right after break or right after after school special they were just like actually she's gone for now yeah. sorry it's just unfortunate <laughs> because i miss my i miss caroline like please where is I, she i miss her so much i miss her so much like it's insane and you know, Car- I think Caroline would have been great in this episode. This episode, I really, honestly, to your point of, like, I wouldn't have noticed that Caroline was gone if they hadn't mentioned it. Yeah. I wouldn't have noticed if she was gone if they hadn't mentioned it. Seriously. Like, this yeah. episode was so fucking tight and so fucking good that mm-hmm. it was just like, we don't need... Another problem solver. I don't need another cook in this kitchen. Yeah, I don't think Caroline is necessarily needed in this episode. I think she would have maybe taken more on of like an Elena, the role Elena's taking on this episode. But I also just want like, because there are like a few moments where there are a few jokes. And I know Caroline would have just like added to the joke section, if that makes (laughs) sense. Like, like a la like two episodes ago where they're stuck in the... Um, when they're stuck in the in, in the high school, and Carolyn's just making like she's like the joke teller of the episode, you know? Like, yeah, it's just so fucking god. This episode, anyway. Elena's house has turned into like a fucking frat house because <laughs> Jeremy and Matt are both staying here to get away from Cole. 
because Cole hasn't been invited into the Gilbert house. So it is just a fucking frat house. And Elena's like, can somebody please pick up these weapons from the table before one of you guys tries to murder me with it? Please and thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, so true. So true, house mom Elena Gilbert. What's up? Yes, she's like taking on the motherly role. Again. Which like makes sense because Jeremy's her little brother. Right. Like, it makes sense to me. It just, that line, for some reason, made me laugh so goddamn hard. <laughs> so goddamn hard. Ugh. Love it here. Um, As they are talking, though, Elena goes to wash her hands and gets burned. Because fucking Mayor Rudy Hopkins... Dumped vervain in the water supply. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like that's and you're like how much vervain did yeah. he dump in the water supply? Because that would have had to be a lot for a town the size of Mystic Falls, which Mystic Falls is both a very large and very small town, and water breaks shit up to make it hurt immediately. He would have had to fucking dump a lot in there, right? And nobody was like, that's weird. How much vervain is in this in, do they have? I thought they were low. Bonnie asks, and then he's just like, I have my sources. <laughs> so again, we come back to one fucking cubit plot amount of vervain. They have exactly the amount of vervain they need to. <laughs> it's like, would you not take some of that and like stash it away because you know the town is low? No? All right, cool. No, he just has, no, he has his new sources because everybody else... All of the vervain was in the church when, uh, or was in the fucking house when, God, it feels like forever ago, but when fucking pastor, pastor bullshit fucking yeah. blew himself up and 12 other people, yeah, they yeah. had like all the vervain in town. Yeah. So up until now, they've been like, well, we don't have any vervain. We can't do anything. But now fucking Mayor Rudy Hopkins with this... the dumbest name imaginable is like, <laughs> I have exactly the amount of vervain we need. Y'all don't worry. <laughs> It's just one of those things where you're like, okay, you guys, all right, I'll, I'll, I guess I have to give that to you um, for the sake of the plot, but like, come on. Oh my god, sorry, I got distracted because I found the gold, the Goldfinger cover of 99 <laughs> Red Balloons. Uh, and they did a quarantine version of it. The original cover came out in like 2000. It's 2021. This dude looks like he could be my grandpa. And he's still <laughs> fucking banging it, dude. Man, shout out to the front man of Goldfinger for keeping it fucking locked down. He's wearing a smart little polo and just jamming the fuck out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really loving it because all of them have dogs that are just like there. <laughs> Sorry, let me send you this video because it genuinely is kind of fucking delightful. Give me a minute. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt our podcast like this, but damn. This is important. Shout out to these guys for uh, holding up apparently very well. Yeah. Not many 90s ska bands held up this well. They're jamming out. I fucking, unironically, I really fucking dig this song. I'm not even lying to you. God, he's just... In his fucking polo shirt, jumping like he's at fucking Warped Tour. Like, get it, man. This makes me very happy, actually. Are they still currently making music, or are they retired? Goldfinger? I mean, they were in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. 
Let me fucking look up Goldfinger as we <laughs> just pause our Vampire Diaries fan cast to look at the fucking mid-2000s punk ska band Goldfinger. I like how he just goes over and pets his, pets his dogs. Yeah. Mid-performance at the very end, too. He just pets his dogs. Like, hell yeah, dude. Um, oh, hey, uh, they released... They, they they released an album in 2020. Oh no! <laughs> they did release an album in 2020. Oh my god, Goldfinger! Look at you go! You're still you're still you're still jamming them out. Yeah, dude. God, fucking shout out to the late 90s <laughs> ska ska punk band of Goldfinger. Jesus, that's fucking bonkers. I'm sorry. I just found that video and I had to watch it because I'm like, this looks delightful. That was great. I love that. (laughs) Everybody go watch the fucking Goldfinger. (laughs) Is this uh, staying in? This is absolutely staying in. (laughs) We're going to just have a three minute break where we talk about this Goldfinger 99 Red Balloons quarantine video on their YouTube channel because I am entranced by this video. (laughs) Okay, we really need to get the fuck back on track, huh? Yes. I I say as though I am not the one who got us off track. (laughs) So... Uh, Bonnie's dad dumped a bunch of vervain in the water. Don't think too hard about the mechanics of how all of that works. Don't. Don't, Don't think too hard. I'm not. Um, but. <laughs> as you know, whenever I sit down and view the Vampire Diaries, my mind does have to go, like, completely blank beforehand. Literally, when I'm watching the Vampire Diaries, my brain is just like a that DVD screensaver where it bounces. <laughs> Except it's just like a picture of Caroline Forbes just <laughs> bouncing around in my head. So Bonnie is like, all right, I'm going to cause some fucking trouble and call my dad, I bet, I guess. And he's like, we're going to have a family meeting. <laughs> and that's his whole thing this episode. I don't know if he says a single line that does not pertain to the fact that they are having a family meeting. And it's serious. We're getting down to business at this family meeting. All right. We are getting down to business. And Rudy Hopkins... My guy. My guy. What the fuck, Rudy? <laughs> Rudy? Rudy, what the fuck? His entire role this episode is just to derail Bonnie from her missions, you know? Like, f- her first mission is to, like, you know, set up this dance for Caroline. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, later on, he, like, cancels it. And the other thing is, like, to be fair, Bonnie is not without fault. Without fault, no, this episode, hundred percent, because I agree. she says he's like, yeah, you know, like it's my job now to protect the town, and she's like, no, Yo, it's my job, and I've been doing fine. I'm like this, Bonnie, that stop. line. There's so much to unpack about that line about Bonnie saying that it's her responsibility to be saving this town. Like, huh? Yeah. You are, like, barely an adult. Like, I, I don't know if she's 18 yet, but you're barely an adult. And you think it's your responsibility to save this town? 
Um, I mean, it really just shows what the, I mean, the yeah, she's right because, you know, the writers, um, but also that's kind of insane when you think about it. That is so insane. It's so fucked up that they just like made Bonnie take on all this responsibility. God, writers, and like, TV writers, you will not be seeing the pearly gates for this. You will not. And like, I'm just flashing back. To, I think it was either earlier the season or last season where Bonnie just like broke down crying and then did nothing after that and then just like continued to like help people and like it's just it's just yeah. why yeah yeah just I like I never like Shocked. I mean, I'm not shocked anymore by how much weight they put on Bonnie's shoulders, but like, my, my, my gosh, like, come on. <laughs> Give the girl a fucking break while she does her SATs or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, give her anything. Like, Bonnie deserves so much, like, happiness. She deserves a fun storyline that's not, like, traumatizing. Pain and trauma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel that. Unfortunately, that is not what she will be getting today. Because as she's making her way out the school, fucking, as she's making her way out the school, Cole has like no plan. He just runs up to her and is like, hey, I'm going to fucking kill you. And she's like, no. And he seems so surprised when she starts to kick his ass. I'm like, y'all? Y'all. It's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. She kicks his fucking ass. But also, there was a, there was another point I forgot to bring up of Rudy Hopkins saying like, like after Bonnie says, "Oh, everything's fine." She's like, "Have you looked at how many people in your like age group or like your your year, um, has like died or like something else like gone missing?" Was the word, and I was like, "Well." Here we go. Another person bringing up how many people die in this town and no one's like, oh, maybe we should get out of here. No, let's just try to fix it, I guess. So Bonnie kicks the shit out of Cole. Yeah. Uh, And like she throws him to the ground with her cool witch mind powers. Um, She like breaks his fucking hands and then balloons start popping. And we're... We're just, we keep pop these fucking balloons, dude. The balloons are a really good device this episode for popping. Um, also, I cannot imagine what fo- what poor production intern yeah. had to, like, well, just spend that. a few fucking hours just, like, hooking them up to the fucking hydrogen tank or the fucking whatever tank and just, like, blowing up truly an egregious amount of mm-hmm. balloons. That must have been a nightmare. So- Whoever that production assistant or fucking set dress team who did that, thank you. We love you. Nobody, nobody else is gonna realize that you did the most this episode, but but I realize. Yeah, we, I know. We appreciate you. We appreciate you so fucking much because Jesus Christ. And especially thinking about like how they use that set a lot this episode, so you yeah. know they had to continue to blow up those balloons. Oh yeah, you. No, those things were fucking popping like a bitch. Uh-huh. Oh my god. That's been so annoying. They're like one goes off and they're like and, and then the person who's like in charge is like, oh no, here we go again. Like fucking goddamn it. Stefan says hi to Damon. 
in the Salvatore cell, and Klaus is going to be the one babysitting him this episode. And I will say, Klaus fucking puts his shoe on Damon's neck and does not let up. Uh, And it's so good. It's so good. He's just like... (laughs) Stefan calls it, like, villain bonding time or whatever. Yeah. But fucking Damon's not even a good villain, so it's just hilarious. But also, Klaus just comes for his fucking throat and does not Here's the thing. Damon's not a good villain, and there were some, like, dialogue cho- choices this episode that, like, is supposed to paint Damon as, like, a villain out of necessity. And it's just not true? Like, that's just not how that works, dude. That's not a fact. That's, like, not any close to the realm of the reality that we're living. Like, have we all been watching the same show? Oh, I, I know I wrote that. I wrote that line down. Is Oh, here it is. If you're going to be bad, be bad with a purpose. Otherwise, you're not worth forgiving, says um, Damon sir? to Klaus. The best big bad this uh-huh. show has ever fucking seen. Yeah. Like, huh? But also, like, I think also, like, number one, Damon's, like, villainy doesn't always have a purpose. Sometimes it's literally, like, I want revenge, whatever. But also, like, if you do enough of those things enough time, what's my reason to forgive you for? Like, like, you're just going to do it again, right? So why am I forgiving you? It's so funny because they paint... It's honestly... It's truly, truly so comical if you know where Klaus's story ends up. But they paint him as, like, unable to be forgiven or redeemed. And then they're like, but Damon? Nah, he's fine. But at the end of both shows, at the end of the Vampire Diaries and then at the end of the originals, Klaus is the one who gets redeemed and Damon is just, like, there you know mm-hmm. so it's just like it's so fucking funny to me that they were like don't worry guys we're gonna set up this dichotomy it's gonna be really great across the shows except klaus is the only one who goes on an actual good fucking character journey mm-hmm. and damon just upgrades his leather jacket and becomes more <laughs> of a fucking dumbass <laughs> it's like wow whoever wrote like i get the intention in writing this the, like the scene that way but like Man, is it wrong. It's also just so fucking bonkers that Damon is the one saying this to Klaus. Klaus, who always has a set goal to be evil about. Mm-hmm. Whereas Damon, season one, when he was the bad guy. No reason. Was not. Like, like there was a reason of, like, freeing Catherine from the tomb. Okay. But then everything he did in service to that goal was, like, so fucking strange and didn't, like, fit in together. He wasn't, like, a coherent villain in the way that Klaus is. Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of opinions about Klaus's character growth, but don't worry. We'll get into that during every single episode of the originals. (laughs) This fucking, just, like, their fucking villain bonding time is... It's so it's so funny. It's so illuminating in all the ways yeah. that they didn't want it to be illuminating. Yeah. It's truly so funny. Anyway. <laughs> um, Elena calls Stefan to like inform her inform him of the plan. And we see in this scene that Stefan has a motorcycle that I don't think we've ever seen before. No, we definitely have. We have? Yeah, I don't remember it before now, but this is Stefan's party boy motorcycle, and I do love it so much. <laughs> you remember when um, 
Elena just turned into a vampire. Oh, right. That time. Yeah, Yeah. this is Party Boy Stefan's motorcycle, and it's so fun. Yeah. Oh, I want to say, I think, like, this time when Stefan's, like, he's kind of, like, resistant to helping out Elena, decides to, it kind of, it was, like, interesting because, like, of the past between Stefan and Rebecca, Mm -hmm. um, and, like, you know, him betraying her and all that. Um, so I was, like, really nervous. Because I was, like... Yeah, this episode, like, everybody's too into Stefan and Rebecca's shit. They're, like, too into it. Yeah. But also, I'm also very fucking into it because yeah. it's so juicy. Yeah, like, I, like... Especially because, you know, they're supposed to be, quote-unquote, on opposing teams, but they're not. They've decided to start their own vampire amazing race team. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like it is it is interesting to see Stefan try to accommodate both. And throughout this episode, I was really nervous that he was gonna make the same mistake he made last time. You know? Um, but he didn't. And thank God he didn't, because I would have I would have been really, really angry. Um this episode, I was on the verge of losing my shit at Stefan for so long. Yeah. Because he's trying to get the dagger from Rebecca, but she, like, calls him on it immediately. She's just like, yeah, listen, are you just here to sleep with me for the dagger? Because yeah. whatever. And I'm like, oh, shit, is he? And then he's like, no, no, I'm not. And I'm like, okay, but, like, are you? And then later, she's like, here's the fucking dagger. And you're like, oh! shit bitch it's like it's like how is this about to go down like is he about to be the worst person in the world or is he gonna redeem himself he just like i i was on the verge of losing my shit at him this whole time but then rebecca was so good and like mature and like surprisingly chill about it (laughs) i was just okay queen get it Love you. <laughs> like, you had some real growth here. Mm-hmm. So, even though the dance is canceled because Rudy Hopkins just did that on a fucking regular Tuesday for whatever fucking reason. It's not made clear why he did that. It, he literally is like, I'm putting back in the curfew. All town events are canceled. On just a normal Wednesday. Like, nobody's even died that week. And yet... <laughs> Which is wild that that's how we're judging Mystic Falls. But comparatively, this was a pretty good week. Nobody massacred 12 people in a burning building. 12 hybrids were not found dead in the woods. Nobody's been mysteriously yoinked out of existence for a while. What's up, Rudy? What's hey, Rudy? On? What you doing, bud? <laughs> comparatively, it's a pretty good week for Mystic Falls. Yeah. It just made me laugh that he was so fucking done with it. I like he didn't do it last episode, but this time he was here to cause some fucking problems. I like was like so confused because it's like, oh, are they going to reveal like why he canceled the dance? No, (laughs) no, he just did. (laughs) And like, um, there's also like this scene between Rebecca and Stefan where. Where we we just discussed it, but I just kind of want to talk about it a little bit more about like her like trying to decide an outfit for the dance that eventually gets canceled. It's like a really interesting insight into Rebecca's character. I think we've talked about this before about her like being into all these like really teen things. 
like dances and like going there having fun or whatever um yes so she's like very much like a i feel like at the, at her core she she very much is like not a kid but like kid at heart i guess also i was so sad when they were like no dances and Rebecca was getting ready for uh-huh. yet another dance. Yeah, like, that let too. Let the girl fucking dance. That too. Let like, her dance for too. once. Like, like every single time Rebecca tries to go to a dance, something bad happens, and she just can't get there. And it's and each each time it's more disappointing because you're just like, Rebecca just wants to have fun. She just wants to be a teen for once, and she can't because for some reason the universe is against her going to a dance. Especially, oh yeah, this is another thing I want to bring up. I was thinking about Stefan betraying Rebecca a lot, not only because of what happened a couple episodes ago with her, like him, like getting her daggered and whatnot, but mm-hmm. also because of the last time they were going to a dance, and then Elena just stabbed her in the back. Um, Rebecca and, like, cannot catch a fucking break, and I'm so cannot just like, sad, like constantly and it really shows itself here in this episode she's just being used and like not thought of as a person like is only thought of in this like bad villain sense by everyone else um or like just a pawn in their like big chess game and it's just like so like degrading like i get why she's angry yeah this episode you're this episode i think more than more than most episodes this season which is saying a lot um she really is just sort of talked about by the boys by steph by stefan and by klaus and And by by elena by whoever as just like not a person Mm -hmm. and you're just so i think one of the reasons why i really really love rebecca's character and why i've always kind of loved her is because even though everybody's basically calling her a fucking vapid idiot to her face Uh she's still being smart about it and she's not letting that get her down and i just there's something so fucking so fucking wonderful about a woman who has every right to be angry being angry Mm -hmm. but being smart about it and getting her revenge yeah and i really feel like this episode you're like okay so Rebecca does know what's going on. Yeah. She and, knows that and, everybody thinks she's a vapid idiot. And the thing is, right? Like she knows this information and like especially w- by what happens to her in this episode and it really does show her growth that this time around she doesn't let it get to her, you know? Yeah. She's, this she's, time around she doesn't get daggered, y'all. Yeah. It's a big win for Rebecca Michaels and Nation. Let's make some fucking noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like she doesn't get daggered, but also like she doesn't commit some like sort of revenge. She just is like, "Okay, I have a bigger picture in mind." And like like she she's being smart about it, you know? It is also, though, so fucking sad. We're just kind of skipping around this episode, but at the very end when she says, she's like, I care. Like, I want to fucking have kids and I want to go to dances and I want to have somebody stand outside my window with a jukebox. Oh, oh my god! Like, gosh. I want all that. And you're like, God, you're heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. God, my heart just shatters into a million fucking pieces. Because number one, Claire Holt, 
genius way to play this scene. Love you, Queen. But also, wow, it's so fucking tragic. Yeah. It is so fucking tragic. And, like, you think about how Rebecca didn't even want to be a vampire in the first place. She she was against, like, um, like being turned and, like, was just kind of forced by her family. She didn't want and to be immortal. She never had a fucking choice about it. And I just... Mm. <laughs> Rebecca Michelson is one of the more tragic characters, I think, in the entire TVDU. Because hmm. she is simply just so fucking tragic. And, like, just the fact that things get done to her and she, like, has no control over it. it you know what? It kind of reminds me a little, like, the way Rebecca is treated by the characters of the show it's how I feel like Bonnie is treated by the writers of this show. Yeah. We're just like, things just happen to them. And they can't control it. Nope, they have no say in it. it's useful for the plot yep. for them to be able to control it. Yep. Rebecca's whole, whole character arc in the TVDU is just so... So good. So good. This is Damon Klaus's little villain monologue time. Yeah, and Klaus says some stuff where it was like, so true, King. So true. So true, King. He's like, why is Elena willing to ignore how much of a fucking pain in the ass you are, Damon? And I'm why like, is that? And I'm like, same! <laughs> Actually, I'm asking the same questions. Are they going to answer it? No. No. I, I love how the writers are like, we know you're thinking this, and we're not going to answer you, actually. Um, deal with it. <laughs> it's just so... He literally is just like, why why is Elena putting up with your dumb ass? And, and Damon just doesn't have a good answer for it. I'm like, yeah, King, get it. He's like, it's so funny Ka to me. Klaus is just so right, and he's just like low-key roasting Delena's and also the writers, and it's like, what are you doing? I wonder if the person who wrote this dialogue was just like, let me just like criticize us, uh, all of us for a sec. Let's all think critically about this and then do nothing about it. And then, and then Damon somehow manages to turn it back on Klaus and is like, oh, is this about Caroline and how she'll never forgive you? And like, Damon, we're talking about you right now. And then it's like, the way that they, we're going to go back to it, but the way they fucking put it, like, you got to be bad with a purpose. And they're like doing that as a dig at Klaus, who's always had a specific purpose. It does not make, make it make fucking sense. Yeah. Because and like, and make like, it make sense, dude. Like, so the first thing is that Damon, Klaus is like, is there something that you, like, the way that he, like, talks to Elena, what he has he said, right? And it's like, what makes you think Damon knows how to talk to a woman that way? <laughs> the reason he thinks Damon can talk to a woman is because any of the women on this show don't kick his ass repeatedly every time they get the chance. So Klaus is like, you have to have some secret because you are the most annoying piece of <laughs> shit person I've ever met. And um, I've been alive for a thousand years. And, and yet there's nothing special about Damon. Nope. The secret is uh, the writers want it that way. <laughs> Literally. And I just... Why... 
And then and then Why? Damon also makes it feel seem like Klaus. There, no, he says that Klaus has like done some bad, like really bad things. And Damon's and then um Damon's and then Klaus is like, so have you? And he's like, Damon's like, that's debatable. And I'm like, hmm, maybe we should discuss that because Damon, do you really think you haven't done things as bad as Klaus has before? To be fair, Klaus has done some shit. And I say yeah. this as somebody who knows all of the shit he's done. Yeah, no, I but get it that. it is so funny that Damon's trying to take the moral high ground That's here. Okay. Like, like, Klaus is, like, on another level of bad shit, right? Yeah. But just because he's above you does not mean that you are, like, at a good level, if that makes sense. <laughs> Like you, if he's at a one hundred and you're at a ninety nine, you can't feel too morally good about exactly. that. Exactly, you really can't. Like, like maybe no, maybe you. Like, sure, you've done worse things, but like you've done really bad things too. So, what was the point of bringing that up in the first place? It's, it's just so fucking funny to me that they're like. Damon's better than Klaus. And it's like, no, the fuck he is not. <laughs> nope. But I love that you're giving Klaus well, all of this self-doubt right before we launch into the originals, which is a show entirely about how fucked up the Michelson family is. <laughs> Thank you. It's so funny to me how much how much this show will break its fucking back to justify everything Damon does. And then when Stefan decides to have some fun and sleep with Rebecca, Damon's like, no, 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 no. That's the worst thing on the planet Earth. It's like, shut the fuck up. Anyway, that's all we're going to talk about Damon until basically the very end of this episode. <laughs> so buckle up for a good fun ride, kids, because Elena and Cole are trying to form a truce. So so basically what happened was that, like, Elena has this plan to kill Cole, and they need to, like, lure him. Somewhere. Lure him somewhere. And, and then so, have Bonnie hold him, and yeah. then have Jeremy stab him. Right. But then, like, and, but then she, like, calls him up. It's so comedic. She, like, calls him up and is like, hey, like, do you want a truce or whatever? And then he's like, yeah, why don't we talk about it, like, right now at the second? And then the doorbell rings. He's like, don't worry. She's she's like, hey, I mean, you pick the place, we'll come to you. And he's like, okay. And then the doorbell rings. <laughs> and you're like, okay, king. Just, I, just right there. I also, I do love, though. That this is, I think, one of the first time we've seen one of the originals just, like, have a fucking iPod. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, the modern world is kind of fucking wonderful because I can have music anytime I want. And I'm like, that is such a small, simple little pleasure that I'm like, yeah, man, if you, if I was born in fucking 1001 BC and then I got teleported to 2012, I would be like, shit, man, we got fucking iPods. Let's go, dude. I, I, it just but, seems like such a little thing that would be so delightful. It is a little thing, but now also my mind is wondering, was this an ad placement? And It was not because we didn't see the logo of any of his music players. Yeah. Even though the headphones were white, which was Apple's big, um, the white headphones thing was Apple's big yeah. push at that time. That was their advertising thing. But it wasn't, you didn't see the logo of anything, so you can just imply. We haven't had any really good ad placements in a while, honestly. 
Yeah, we really haven't. I miss we'll get those. there again in season five, I think. I miss or later those, this season. They're always so obvious and funny. Yeah, I miss I miss a good ad placement, but I think this is we we either have like one left or they never do it again. Mm-hmm. And either way, I'm sad about it. Dang. Remember the I think the one of the first ones was like that was it a Target bag that Caroline had? No, it was the fucking, it was like the Fort, her like car. Yeah. Like fucking, her car with the, with the, with the phone Bluetooth in it. Yeah. That was the, one of the first ones because she got off the, she got like stranded off the yeah. fucking road or whatever. Oh, and that's yeah, how she found that. Vicky's body was trying to trek oh my her back gosh, to land during that memories. storm. Oh my gosh. Bring me <laughs> yeah. back. That was like a year ago. No, yeah, that was like that was season one. Oh my, that was that was. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Time is weird. Yeah, dude. So Elena's trying to distract Cole while Jeremy tries to find Bonnie, who is stuck in a family meeting. Remember that. Don't worry, she's stuck in a family fucking meeting. <laughs> and Matt tries to find the dagger. You, so I, I was I was gonna say that. That this happening because I was like looking at the time because I had um to go to a meeting like right after watching this episode so I was like ch- glancing the time to see how much time there was left, and this happened like like either like in the middle or like the early middle of the episode, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is already happening. What else is happening in the rest of this episode? And this is exactly how I felt just about this general this episode in general. Like this all is happening so fast. Like what is happening later on? I'm confused. And and not like in a bad way either. Like that that's not to say like things happening uh quickly is a bad thing. I, I like that. Um Nancy Drew does that really well. They just get right to it, and they're like, "All right, next plot point." Um, yeah, they really don't fucking pussyfoot around with this plot. Yeah, they're just throwing it at you, fucking fast and furious. And I love that. Welcome to Fast and Furious, Mystic Falls Drift. <laughs> <laughs> Cole has some interesting lines here about why he's afraid and believes in Silas. Specifically, he mentions, um, and this is something that we're gonna go back to later, actually. He mentions that he, like, ran with some old witches at a few different points in history, uh, which is interesting because he is really the only original to show a propensity towards magic or show that he, like, gives a shit about witches and he's interested in it Mm. beyond just having them do spells for him. Interesting, interesting. Which I think is neat, and we do circle back around to that in the originals. Okay, um cool. Because, well, it's also a thing of, you have to imagine, because witch, witch is, being a witch runs in your blood, mm-hmm. and if Esther, the original's mother, was a very powerful witch, it would make sense that if they hadn't been turned into vampires, they probably would have been witches. Yeah. Which is something I feel like we don't think about often enough. Oh, wait, yeah, you're right. If they hadn't gotten turned into vampires when they were in their fucking 20s, they would have become witches. And so it makes sense that, like, Cole reigned with some witches and was, like, interested in that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I just think that's a neat point that they put here that they do actually circle back around to in a meaningful way in a few different times. Okay, I just think it's neat and I'd like to point it out to everybody. Thank you. 
Hi, welcome to Afterbite, where it's my class presentation on why the Vampire Diaries universe is good sometimes. <laughs> Bonnie's dad is very insistent on this fucking family meeting. Yeah. Also, why would you fucking call it a family meeting if there is going to be max two of you there? <laughs> or if I... Spoiler alert. Bonnie's mom shows up, so maximum there's three of you there. Why is that called a family meeting? <laughs> I mean, when you're an only child, that is a family meeting, no? I mean, yeah, but it doesn't fucking make sense <laughs> for it to be called a yeah. family meeting in that way to me. I don't know. That just doesn't... No, fucking... you're, you're right. I've, I've literally never had a family meeting as an only child. Uh, they're just like, hey, can we talk? Yeah, literally, family meeting sounds so like that's like for intense. that's like for a family of like five. That's if you have a lot of kids. That's if you're the cheaper by the dozen family. Yeah, then you have family meetings because you need to pencil it in on everybody's calendar. If you're three people, <laughs> you can just have a chat. It's fine. Do you think? I think the problem is um, every most of the people in the room, writers' room are not only children, so they don't get that concept of it. There's this show is so rooted in siblingism that they just forget that Bonnie's an only child. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny. Only child rep, what? My only child rep, I love her. Yeah, so much. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I think Bonnie is the only child and so is Caroline, right? Caroline as well, yeah. And what? technically Tyler. Yeah. What's what's up with the... There's either like the main character has siblings and then like the people around them, like the, like the sidekick characters do not or the main character they had a good mix this season no they did this show yeah which um, i like i'm thinking about legacies where like hope is like <laughs> the only child well i mean yeah technically because it's also interesting in legacies they play with the concept of family i think a little bit more mm -hmm. because like MG and Caleb are brothers, yeah. even though they're no, not yeah, brothers. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Which I think is, like, a very neat... Yeah, and so they have, like, those two, and then they have the fucking Saltzman twins, and then they have Raph and Landon, and then they have, like... That's it, right? Jed and his pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So... It's just like, I don't know, they really do kind of play with the idea and meaning of family in that show. I think a lot more than they do in oh, even in the originals yeah i don't or this they show. really do that they do so like, i think this is just like a fault of the vampire diaries they're so bad with making their friendships feel real yeah in the originals they do a lot better about it because they do kind of play with the concept of family and like friends as family a little bit more um but in tvd they do not <laughs> it's like we are family by blood that is it that's it. It. <laughs> it is. TVD feels like a lot of people who like your parents are all friends. So they expect you to be friends. Yeah. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And you don't actually have anything in common with these fucking people. Yeah. That's I mean, that's TVD literally what, like. what the concept between like Bonnie, Caroline, and Lena were. Like in the first. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Literally, like, it's just by so, circumstance, oh. basically. 
And like, I don't know about you, but found found family. Am I right, y'all? God, found family slaps so hard. So hard. You're going to lose your shit during the originals. Oh my God, I can't wait. I'm excited. Ugh. Found family is like comfort for me because it gives me hope, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's the it's the queer yearning of it all. Yeah. And 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 that's why it makes sense that the Vampire Diaries has like none of it. Yeah. And then they try oh my god, we're going to keep this in mind because <laughs> when we circle back around in season 6, 7, 8 maybe, 7, I think in 7. In season seven, we'll circle back around to this concept of found family. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, so, uh, Bonnie's mom shows up, and then, so Jeremy shows up to try and get Bonnie so they can do the thing. And Rudy Hopkins is like, no. And <laughs> Jeremy's like, okay, but people will die. Wasn't that your whole goal of, like, stopping people from dying? Whatever. Who cares? Rudy Hopkins... What what are you doing, bud? And then he goes to like open the door, and Bonnie's mom is there. It's so good. And then they like talk for a little bit, and then Jeremy tries to just murder Bonnie's mom because again, remember Bonnie's mom is a vampire, and he doesn't. He does the thing again. They do the thing where he just like has a stake in his hand out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's really fucking funny too. He's like about to murder her. And then Bonnie's like, uh, hold up. <laughs> once, this, once this arc is done, we gotta make a compilation. It's so fucking funny how just Jeremy just magically gets fucking stakes. And Bonnie stops him from murdering her mom. And She's like, okay, you just go. I'll be right behind you. And he's like, all right, whatever. So he bounces to go back to the fucking Gilbert house where Cole and Elena are talking. And uh, Bonnie tries to explain, like, expression to her mom. Uh, and I think Bonnie's mom has the most, like, reasonable reaction to this. Yeah, She's just like, no, this is dark magic. And Bonnie's like, no, 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 it's just in the middle. It's neutral. She's like, no. No, honey. You've been lied to severely. And she... um, She, like, just fucking powders Bonnie and knocks her the fuck out. And then she's like, I'm going to get some witches over here so we can cleanse her mind of dark magic, which is a bonkers thing to say, because that is not how we have been thinking about magic thus far. But thanks, Bonnie's mom. <laughs> anyway, Bonnie's stronger than all of you and gay, so don't try any shit, because she just fucking raises out and just like, actually, I'm going to go. <laughs> um... <laughs> it's so good mom dad i'm getting it stronger than either of you so don't try any shit <laughs> and that's just bonnie dude cole leaves and he's like you know what i'll think about the truce and then like five minutes later once jeremy gets back home he's like i've thought about it no 
and I just gotta say, I love every original's propensity towards petty drama. Because you know he just walked out of that house, did a lap, <laughs> did a lap around the block, and then came back and was like, actually, fuck this. It's so funny because he most definitely was like, I don't think there's anything good going on here. This seems like a trap. And then he was like, I'm going to I'm going to mess with them a little bit more before I, I like try to kill them. To do that, he get gets nerked. <laughs> um, so they have this whole big, long fight scene, which I love. It was so good. Um, it's interspersed with Stefan and Rebecca talking about uh, the 80s and Rebecca gives him the dagger because she just doesn't want to be a fucking plaything anymore and if she needs to give up the fucking dagger then she will which so true queen love you Ugh. um it really is like a heartbreaking scene yeah but we already kind of went over it so yeah claire holt did that amazing <laughs> um jeremy and elena are fighting with cole and they have this whole thing it goes throughout the entire fucking gilbert household it again kind of feels like a horror movie like do yeah. you remember season one season two when they had those more like horror elements yeah i, I think this them. was a really good kind of callback to it especially do you remember when the fucking girls did a seance oh, to talk with emily bennett oh so good i miss that this that scene remind or this scene reminded me of that a little bit yeah um but so they are they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And they get it in the kitchen. <laughs> they, uh... <laughs> the way they do this is so stupid. <laughs> it's just so stupid. So, the... <laughs> oh my god. The Gilbert siblings manage to get Cole kind of down for a minute and then fucking they start spraying him with the sprayer from the sink because it has vervain in it so he's just like ouch what the fuck is going on <laughs> and uh then jeremy stabs cole it's a very dramatic scene yeah and i think it's worth going back to watch even if you don't watch the episodes along with us i think it's worth to go back to watch i that. fully recommend watching the entire scene it's very good um there's like a scene where elena gets impaled by oh uh, like uh what is it called the part of the staircase a wooden part of the staircase yeah mm -hmm. she gets impaled and then she has to pull herself out of she like pulls herself out of it she doesn't take it out she like just pulled herself up and out of out of there. It's, it's God, she's so insane. Yeah. You you funky little dumbass. I love you. <laughs> it's so good. The camera pans from Cole's burning body directly down the hall where you can see out the front door that Klaus Michelson is just staring <laughs> at them. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> And he's just staring at them while they murdered his fucking mother. <laughs> and wow, what a way to name the episode of View to Kill. And then they just slow pan over to Klaus looking at them murdering his mother. Oh my god. I didn't even realize that. Oh my fucking god. It's truly 
so unintentionally comedic. <laughs> he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> As he should. He's very mad about it. And he's like, I was going to make him suffer in my way, not actually murder him, you guys. <laughs> Which is so bonkers for Klaus to say. Yeah. Because the way he like yells, I was going to make him suffer in my way, is so... I don't know if I have the words to describe how emblematic that is, like, of his character. Yeah. He's like, this is precisely how far I was going to go, and you have gone further than that, so now I will kill you. Like, (laughs) it's just so interesting, and and it's such, like, a control thing that he struggles with. The weird thing is, it's not even that far away from what he was going to do. Like, he was going to dagger him, you know? (laughs) Like, you're going to, so he was going to stay daggered for a very long time, and now he just can't come back. Yeah, this is a permanent daggering that they've done. It's so, it's just, it makes me laugh really hard. Bonnie shows up and he's, Klaus is like about to burn the Gilbert ha- Gilbert's house down. And he's like, when you come out, I will kill you one by one. Which, okay, fair, go off, King. <laughs> Bonnie shows up and like has him in her grasp. And she's like, invite him in. They're all like, why would I do that? She's like, just fucking do it, please. And so Jeremy invites Klaus in. She like pulls him into the house and they like kite him through the living room. And then she just traps him in the Gilbert's living room. And he's just trapped there. This is also a very good scene. Would recommend you watching this scene as well. I actually, I feel like this like last half just all very good. This episode, I think, is just a really good episode. We've been mentioned. We've been saying this a lot recently. Of like, you guys should watch these episodes, even if you don't normally watch along with us, and you just listen to this on, you know, the fucking way home from school or while you're doing homework or while you're at work or whatever. Watch this episode because it fucking slaps. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. Like, if I wanted to get someone to watch The Vampire Diaries, I would, like, show them this episode. And even if you don't have any context to what's going on, it's still visually pleasing to watch. It's so fun. Even Yeah, even if you don't have context, I think they set it up easy enough that you're like, damn, yeah, bud, yeah. It's like... You know what it's like? It's like if you were watching one of those crime shows, and you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't get anything. Like, I don't get any of the terminology that's going on here. But, like, I get, like, the gist of what's going on, you know? Like, I kind of get it. Like, I don't don't understand what this forensic terms mean, but I get that you kind of got some information that was important, and now you're trying to follow that lead. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it's... It's such a fun episode. And so they trap Klaus in the Gilbert household. And Bonnie's like, so I linked that to the new moon. So we have like three days before he comes to murder us all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So we have three days. They're in the Salvatore uh, house, by the way, at this point. Yeah, they 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 all reconvene back in the Salvatore house. And it's truly so fucking funny because they're all just talking here like normal. And then Stefan walks in. And he's like, hey, gang, I have the tombstone. Let's go looking for, uh, let's go looking for this grave now. And fucking 
Damon just like punches him in the face for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> even though everything he's done in the past two episodes has been easily justifiable. Well, the, here, here's what happens uh, as I remember it. They're both about to start a fighting match because like he has this tombstone and then Elena's like, all right, everything's going to work out because, you know, Rebecca's like gone. And then Stefan's like, nope, didn't dagger her. And then Elena's like, what? Why would you not do that? And then he's like, there's like pretty good reasons why like she wants this cure as well right so we're helping her out um and then elena's like obviously upset about this for some reason elena kind of has this um like i get it she killed you but also you've <laughs> i can't believe i'm trying to just justify this but like you know people can change um she killed you like yes but like it that happened so long ago and damon has done worse so the thing that I don't like about Damon, the thing I don't like about how everybody's so into their business right now, into Stefan and Rebecca's business, is because, like, Damon, number one, slept with Elena and didn't want to tell Stefan. Yep. <laughs> so, look inward, King. Look <laughs> inward first, before you start to throw stones from your glass house, right? But they, but they, they, they just start, like fighting like over like they just keep like going at each other damon's like well you slept with rebecca Stefan's like well you what does Stefan say he said um, i I don't think they really i don't think Stefan really fights back because i'm watching the scene right now let me watch it to refresh my memory but damon comes upstairs gets a hug from elena cool 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 um Stefan comes in and he's like hey gang i got this um didn't dagger Rebecca because she isn't a threat right. to what we're doing. Yeah. And Damon's like, oh, did you decide that before or after you slept with her? Right. And. I'm pretty sure Stefan does say something that angers Damon a little bit. I think Damon's. Let me. Because I really. Rem- I really just remember Damon fucking sucker punching Stefan, and I just watched this episode. Let me see here. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he said something, and then he and then he gets sucker punched. He's he's like, yeah, I didn't dagger her, uh, and they're like disbelieving that she's on their side, and also I don't know why Elena hates Rebecca so fucking. That's what much. I was just trying to avoid, like explain because like okay, she tried to kill. I mean, she killed you. That's a valid reason, but also that happened so long ago, and Damon has, like, done shitty stuff, too. So, like, why are you forgiving Damon but not Rebecca? She looks so offended. Yeah. And then Stefan's just like, oh, I bet you were fucking dying to say that. Oh, wait. And then I think Stefan also says something about Jeremy, and and that also kind of set him off, too. He's like, yeah, to stop you. He's like, oh, was that a secret? You should have mentioned that when you when you were bleeding me dry in the cellar uh and oh yeah no Stefan is a shitty boy Stefan but with good reason here because he's just he's just like now why don't you just tell Elena to calm down Damon oh I yeah use that sire bond oh, yeah. pretty like, well thus far I was like oh no they're about to fight because when he said that I was like oh but also he's not wrong though he's not fucking wrong is the thing that's why I didn't think Stefan was in the wrong that scene because like you're not incorrect right like, <laughs> like he's, he's right he's right like 
Like, yeah, man, she is sired to you. Sure, he's being a little cr crude about it, but he's not wrong. And then I love this scene because after that, while they're about to fucking square off, Jeremy just starts no. to like wolf out. He just like rips off his fucking shirt for whatever reason, even though he doesn't do anything after that to make you think that what he is happening to him hurts. He just yells, rips off his shirt, and then stands perfectly still for the VFX editors <laughs> so they can fucking make these tattoos appear on his body. And I just... <laughs> He literally just stands stock fucking still. And it is so funny to me because he is truly so fucking ripped, but his hair, he looks like he's 12. He has like a, he has a 12 year old's face on his very ripped adult body. And I just. They just got to update his haircut. It's just so fucking, that scene is so fucking funny to me because Jeremy just starts yelling and you can tell it's just because they got to the part of the script where he needed to yell. Yeah. <laughs> he got to that scene direction. It wasn't like a, he was like panting heavily before that or anything. He's just standing there and then he just yells like his life fucking depends on it. <laughs> It's so funny because then he doesn't yell after that. He yells once, rips off his shirt, and then stands still and, in complete silence. It, it's such a good thing too, because like, like I get why they needed him to yell to match like tension of like Damon and and Stefan about to square off. You know, they were like, "All right, now let's break through with a yell," and then then we, we transition to the next plot point. And then it's silence yeah. as the VFX editors do their thing and he stands completely still staring at everybody while half naked <laughs> while his whole hunter's mark appears. <laughs> it's truly so funny to me. That scene is so fucking comical. I, I also love the end of this scene because... It like it's like setting up the like the the time limit of three days, and also like mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what somebody says, but it just feels like oh we're about to start, let's go, and it feels like they're about to have like a little mystical adventure, you know? Yeah, because at the very end, the last the last line in this episode is Damon saying, "There we go," and it's that's so it. Good. And I'm like, okay, actually, that's a good slaps. line. That's a good line. Like, I'm ready. It's Let's a good go. way to end it. Yeah. Like, who put that in? Whoever put that in? Chef's kiss, because I needed that. Like, that was so much, like, it was, like, such a small thing, but it added so much to the whimsicalness of the end, you know? And you just know that, like, now they're really starting on the next leg of their Vampire Diaries Amazing Race. Yeah. Because... And like they have a time limit of three days to get from here to fucking Nova Scotia or something like that. And it truly feels like what you said, where where it's uh, an amazing race. Like I think that line and that like end scene really made a click in my head. They're like, oh, things are about to get a little bit messy. They're about to go for this cure, you know. It's such a good way to end this episode. And that last scene is fucking comedy. Ugh. Just because Jeremy yells and then completely goes silent. <laughs> I just think it's so fucking funny. Um, 
I think I already know the answer to this, Jordan, but what are you ranking this episode? It's a fucking 10, y'all. Such a good episode in so many ways. Like, I think from, like, past episodes that have gotten 10s and we, like, really, really enjoyed it, it was either that all the characters worked really well or, like, the plot was really engaging. And this time, it was both, I think. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the best episodes of The Vampire Diaries I've seen. Um, because both elements that you need for a story, you know, plot and characters, work so well together. Like, yeah. that's why it kind of, to me, it's kind of a shame that Caroline isn't here. Just because... This was such a character episode and this was such like a plot episode and it would have been like great if she was also here because, you know, she's a part of the main ensemble. Yeah. Um, It's just that this happened, I guess, to fall during the few episodes that she had off where she had a month off or something. I don't know. It's I would have liked Caroline here, but also I don't know if that would have made this episode a little too busy. Yeah. Because there's so much going yeah, on right. here that I don't trust the TVD <laughs> to writers. To have another character. To, to, to have another character something. in there and, like, make it good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so, like, I, I love Caroline Forbes so deeply with every fiber of my being. You know this. Yes. But also, I don't see a version of this episode with her in it that's as strong as this episode. Mm, yeah. Which, if it's not clear to you already, I'm giving it a 10. Yeah. I think it's incredible this season, I have given out seven tens, and I've only given out one score that is below a nine. I think that's bonkers for this season. This season, when I said this is one of my favorite seasons of TVD, I think it is because the writers really got some good shit going like, when they paced out this season. I think one of the strong suits of the season or when it's its strongest, which is this episode, is when it feels like a soap opera, which we've discussed before, where it's like yeah. there's so much going on at once and there's so many characters doing so many things, but it works. Yeah. Um, when everybody's the- doing their own little part for the evil wheel of the machinations of TVD, yeah. it just works. And like, I don't know. I feel like they should lean into that more. And, like, I, from what I get from what you guys have said about later seasons is that they just go really wacky. Yeah. And, like, I feel like you can go wacky, but, like, in the same sort of direction that this goes. Um, but The later seasons, I feel like maybe we've talked too much about how the later seasons are bad. I think the later seasons have their moments. Mm. And they have some moments of really genius. They do just though it feels like a very different show than what we're this. currently watching. Yeah, mm. which is both a blessing and a curse sometimes, depending on if you like the current story that they're doing like the cor- or not. Current format. Um, if you like the story of that season, then you'll like that season. But if you don't really mm. dig that story, oh. then it's just eh. okay. Um, I see. I see. I see. There's some there's some really interesting stuff there. There's also some really boring shit. Um, trust me, you'll see. But don't go into them thinking they'll be bad. Go into them just thinking that it's going to be TVD mm-hmm. and TVD is going to be ridiculous. Okay. Um, that's the only advice I have going forward into like season five. Um, 
because this season is so fucking good. So good. One of my faves. Probably my fave um, of TVD. Who's the MVP for this episode? This is so hard. This is the, I think I know. this is one of the first times that it's really hard. Yeah, because I really, you could make the case for Stefan. You can make the case for Jeremy. You could make the case for Rebecca yeah, just of her Rebecca. great performance. Yeah. You can even make the case for Elena, I guess. Um oh. who would you who would you make your make your case for here? It's hard because I'm trying to think about who is the most integral to the story. And I think that's Stefan. I do love Stefan this episode. I like he's involved in so many parts. He's technically he's like supposed to be trying to get this dagger from from Rebecca for Elena. He tells Klaus to go and babysit Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like has the nice moments where Rebecca kind of redeems himself there. Um, yeah, he's like. I also think maybe Bonnie. See, I I don't know if I could give it to Bonnie because even though she does end up saving the day, um, and she's like all powerful, it does feel like I don't know if it's MVP worthy because there is kind of this like darkness behind it. Yeah, mm-hmm, um, true, but it does make for a very interesting story. Yes, it does. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that I don't know. Hmm, I'm. I am tempted to want to give it to Jeremy Mm -hmm. because I think it is truly so fucking comical that he tries to kill (laughs) Bonnie's mom. Um, (laughs) Also, he does moments this episode. He does do the thing of murdering Cole. Yeah, that is. He's the first person in. He's the first person in history to kill an original outright. Yeah, just kill them, which I think is insane. And then his, like, tattoo is, like, the whole opening. He's, like, been so integral to the storyline. And the tattoo, you know, becoming a thing is, like, pushing it forward, too. I I think Jeremy has been sort of almost treated, almost objectified in the same way that Rebecca has been. Because he has something they all need. I think this is a great episode where he, like, does shit. Yeah. Maybe we should get- He gets shit done. Maybe we should give it to him for that. That he finally gets to do things, you know? Um, yeah yeah i think i think if jeremy doesn't get it this episode he's never gonna get an mvp yeah maybe we should just give um, it to him so i'm feeling i'm feeling my boy my boy jay yeah i agree my boy jeremy for this episode because i think he does such a great fucking job and he's truly so fucking comical in that ending scene i cannot explain to you how much i laughed <laughs> when he just yelled like yes king Next week, y'all on Afterbite, we're going to be watching episode 413, Into the Wild. It's the Vampire Amazing Race, y'all. Nice. It's their final leg. They're doing it. Uh, Unfortunately, I will say Professor Shane's back pretty heavy in that one, but you do get his dramatic backstory. Okay. So, even though you already guessed what it was, (laughs) you get it again. (laughs) Um... 
that'll be that'll be it for this week for us y'all uh like i said you can get these episodes early on patreon.com slash afterbite you can also get some other cool fun stuff like behind the scenes stuff as well as <coughs> merch um coming soon take a look at all of that um that's sincerely sincerely thank you for all of your support on the patreon it really does enable us to make this show better because I can take time off work to edit this show if we get Patreon. Not gonna lie to you, that's that's pretty much the goal here is that I can take time off work to actually edit this show and give it the love that it deserves. I was also gonna say, um, if you're on Apple Podcasts who write this podcast, it really does help us out. Um, Dude, we charted in Brazil for like a week and I was so excited. Yeah. Like, I was so excited. Like we, I wish that week could have lasted forever. I, I, I want to chart more. So so like our podcast. I mean, give us like five star ratings. Maybe leave a nice little review of, of what you like so much about hearing our voices every week. Is it? And if you're in Brazil, please make us chart again yes. in Brazil. I think that's very fun. Also, you can follow us forever on Twitter at AfterBitePod. Uh, we do shit there. I post the episodes there so you always know when they go up, as well as when new Patreon content goes up, as well as some totally normal things that are going to be happening very soon. Mm -hmm. Totally normal. I also feel like I have been slacking on the goofs, but once I'm in the right headspace again, goofs are coming back, alright? We're going to goof it up here. We're going to need to lean pretty heavily on goofs for the next four seasons of TVD. Yeah. So... The goofs are going to be back. Yeah. This is a goof-friendly zone. Very, Except for Goofy, you weird fucking dog. <laughs> Get out of my fucking life. I hate your shit so much. I can't fucking stand Goofy. I am pro-goof, anti-Goofy. Anyway, y'all, stay inside, stay safe, and please, for the love of God, wash your fucking hands. And if you're a yellow dog and fucking Goofy, don't come around with me. I don't want to hear it this week. I don't want your shit. I'm done. I'm not having it. <laughs> I'm not fucking having it. Also, uh, do you want to become radicalized? <laughs>